0: Hi, and welcome back to Unsighted, the Internet's Least Reliable English Lit Podcast. I'm Chantel. I'm Amy. And we're talking about what's widely considered the greatest star-crossed lover's story today. So we've invited another classic couple, Glenn and Gertie Nuzzles. How are we
1: classic? Hello. No, hold on. <laughs> How are we classic? What the hell is that supposed to mean?
0: You're, you know, you're iconic. An iconic couple of our time. Thank you.
1: I don't know if I Take appreciate Take the fucking it. compliment. It's too complicated. There's, so many, it's being said there. There's so many layers to say it. Say thank you. All right, thank you. <laughs> trying to say we're old- and also, who's listening to us? How are we iconic? You can be iconic and old.
2: We're doing great. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've had a start to this podcast. Just if we sound frazzled, it's because we all collectively are. We it's, lost Chantel for <laughs> half an hour. It's fine. It was a,
1: yeah, a good half hour of us fighting with trying to record and Chantel's mouth moving. We can't hear her.
2: <laughs> Technology just isn't
0: working and we don't need it. And that's why we're traveling back in time to the 17th century.
3: No. Wow. That was amazing. Excellent segue. A plus segue. That was really nice. Yeah.
0: I'm full of segues today. If you're not familiar with the story of Romeo and Juliet, there is a content warning for suicide. So how, how, did, how did we all like it? <laughs> That's how it? How did we like Romeo and Juliet? Yeah.
1: Do you want to do a rundown of the plot first?
0: Ah, uh, fine. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> Wait, did you buy a
2: separate copy of Romeo and Juliet? I already had this copy.
1: So you actually did read it?
2: No. Am I the only one that you read don't... it? You <laughs> don't. So, Glenn and I were having
3: this argument. You're not supposed to really just read it. It's supposed to be watched and experienced on the stage. I know. So, we watched the 1996 (laughs) classic uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes.
0: I need to still watch that one. Yeah, he was getting after me. He was like, that's cheating to watch it. I'm like, ah, yes, the way Shakespeare intended it. Read, (laughs) written down (laughs) in a
3: book with no voices. Shakespeare famously never had anything to do with the theater. (laughs) (laughs) I Shakespeare hate this was like, theater, theater.
1: <laughs> You're supposed to read it with the voices of your parents, your ex-wife, your aunt and uncles all in there as Go characters yelling, yelling at you. <laughs> but I love her and I'll kill myself if I can't have her. That's what you need.
0: Uh, men will literally voice Romeo and Juliet with their ex-wife instead of going to therapy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't need it. I just read books and make it my ex-wife as the protagonist. The
0: <laughs> Romeo, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So this is the back of my book. It's full of spoilers, and I feel like that's not a good way to market your book. But it says she's only fourteen. First of all, incorrect. 13. It clearly states she's thirteen in the play.
1: Was this published by a guy in his basement?
0: Scholastic Incorporated. <laughs> mm, this is what our children are supposed to be learning. Some guy
1: named Phil. What? I print my own books
0: fine <laughs> It's like cheaper than buying a store And then he only a few years older She's 14 13 He's only a few years older. That's at least like fourteen to seventeen. That's an inappropriate relationship. It's definitely inappropriate.
1: I looked it up online because they never. I don't. I never caught they said what his age really was. And and most people speculate seventeen to eighteen.
3: Yeah,
2: which is too old to be dating a middle schooler, in my opinion. She's barely pubescent. I mean, her her alternative love match was Paris, who's like you know thirty or or something. (laughs) Played
1: by Paul Rudd (laughs) in the movie we watched.
2: So Paul Rudd, how old is Paul Rudd? We'll never know. We'll, we'll
1: never, never know because that guy is ageless and Vampire.
2: perfect. Vampire. Eternal. Yeah, and then the rest is
0: just the entire plot with spoilers. Yet Romeo and Juliet fall passionately in love despite their families being bitter enemies sworn to hatred. Defying their parents' wishes, they are secretly married, but their brief happiness is shattered by fate. This famous pair of star crossed lovers lives forever in Shakespeare's haunting play. So that's bullshit. I went, go, um, con- haunting.
1: <laughs> con- <laughs> 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 like, if I could jump in real quick, one of my first notes was when I was reading it is that uh, it says uh, a pair of star lovers take their life whose misadventure pietous I'm so tired overthrows doth with their death bury their parents strife the fearful passage of the death marked love and the continuance of their parents rage which by their parents end not could remove as other blah 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 and which if you with the pair, uh, patient ears attend uh, where we shall miss our toil shall strive to mend that's at the very beginning of the, the play that's the prologue literally just saying here's the whole story I don't know what the <laughs> idea is that like people sit down like I don't know what this play is about and they're like this play is about two people that fall in love and they kill each other and the parents are real upset. And you're just like, it mm, doesn't seem like my kind of thing and they get up and leave. Is that what was the purpose <laughs> of telling the whole story? <laughs> it wasn't
3: like modern theater. You would kind of just gather there, maybe play cards, hang out with your friends. It wasn't like you went there to stay still and silent and watch.
1: And be surprised by the yeah. stories that unfold. Especially
3: uh, since Shakespeare ripped off the majority of everything he there we wrote. Go.
1: You already know the story. You want to explain and your attention. history with Shakespeare real quick and then we can let them have their show back? <laughs> since you and I are totally I'll taking over right
2: yeah. now. No, you're saying stuff that we've already said so it's just like we're like, yeah, people yeah, Good. <laughs> right. Tragical
0: history of Ramius and Lilia. Let's go. Right.
2: But it's like one of the few ones that actually has a prologue. Like not, not a lot of the other plays have prologues. So it's like a weird one. It's like one that like I feel like this Shakespeare character of ours was like, you know what? This is a story I completely ripped off and it's going to be like this. Are you interested <laughs> to see what it's going to be like? Um, <laughs> do you want to see people dressed up in the gender that they aren't it's funny
1: (laughs) (laughs) guys guys we got men in women's clothing you're gonna love this you're gonna love it
0: (laughs) and i also like we love an opening monologue that includes the content warning in it. Like, that's super
2: pervasive in for our time. You know that's what? That's
1: so, pretty true. That's a good point.
2: This is just a content warning. This is just Romeo <laughs> being, uh, Romeo, Shakespeare not being a problematic person. Good stuff. Oh, oh my
0: God. This is totally off topic. We're probably going to cut it. But <laughs> Ethan and I also kept mixing up Shakespeare and Romeo because I think they're the same person. I think that's my new theory about who Shakespeare is. He's just ah. a soft boy.
3: Yeah. He's definitely.
1: a giant spider. Baz. So it all starts out where it's like he's introduced where it's like, hey, Shakespeare, we're doing it already. Hey, Romeo, why are you moping? Is like, oh, what's her name? Rosaline. Rosaline. Yeah. Rosaline. Oh, Rosaline doesn't like me. She's becoming a nun. And then he even talks about like wasting that beautiful body of hers, dude. Yeah. <laughs> then, like It's real gross. Because he's a pile of shit. And then it's like he instantly meets one other woman and goes all in on her to the point where it's like, in Under 24 Hours, Mary's her. <laughs> I was reading this whole thing and I turned to Gertie and said, are these just morons? Like, I've read this a long, long time ago and I don't remember anything. It sounds like it's the story of two complete idiots that are ruining everyone's life. And you were saying, yeah, for the most part.
0: Yeah. 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 Sad <laughs> little people.
1: Just pathetic.
0: So do we want to just go through the plot and like see oh, what's let's up? Let's do it real quick. All right. So firstly, we start off strong. We got hella jokes. My stage version that I watch cut all oh, the jokes. Oh, I was like, what is this? Oh. I, I could hear that they were saying jokes. Like the thing where one of the servants for the Capulets was like, I will cut off the heads of the maids. The heads of the maids? Eyes of maiden heads. And no one in the audience was laughing. And I was like, is this audience <laughs> dead to the world? Like, that's a hilarious why, joke. Why didn't
2: you watch the Zeffirelli <laughs> version, though?
0: I wanted to watch one that was accurate line by line. Okay. So I watched the Stratford version on Amazon uh, Prime. That was, that, that was a mistake. But that was
2: a mistake because <laughs> it was very weird. <laughs> okay, so full disclosure, I first encountered... Romeo and Juliet in 2008-ish, when I was a youth. <laughs> this was like yes. fr- like right after High School Musical came out. And the guy who acts in the Zeffirelli version looks a lot like Zac Efron. So you had a class of like ninth graders being like, oh, is that Zac Efron? It was not. It was not. But it kept us entertained and like alert for a really long time. So
1: I love that that's all it took. Yeah, uh, honestly, for an older generation, it would be Mel Gibson and Hamlet. <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> i say <laughs> with you, yes. and Mel Gibson. So, anyways, huge crush on Zac Efron. Yes, the jokes were there for us.
1: Um, I pulled out the line about the cutting off the maiden's head, and he goes, "And me, they shall feel while I'm able to stand, and tis known I am a pretty, uh, pretty piece of flesh." And I was like, "That's bothering me. Why is that bothering me?" So I looked it up. I'm like, "No, it's a reference to raping them casually." Apparently, yeah. as I stand, is like as long as I've got a boner, I'm going to keep raping these women. It was horrible.
0: I'm gonna choose to, in my head canon, believe that he's going around consensually having sex with these maidens but um, yeah, they're just like it's like a frat boy servant bullshit scene where they're just making frat boy jokes and then some other frat boy servants from the other side overhear them and then it increasingly (laughs) escalates to more important members of the family until like the heads of the family are there like threatening each other's lives and then the prince has to come in and the cops are there and the prince is like, if anyone fights over anything ever again in this town. (laughs) I will kill you. And then it just started over like some frat boy being like, (laughs) in maidenheads.
3: It really is quite the escalation.
1: I love that every time there's ever a conflict in the streets, all these random citizens show up with clubs just going like, yeah, this looks fucking tight. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I can't wait. I want to get in there. I got my club.
3: (laughs) Random
2: farmer (laughs) has this pitchfork like, yeah, I got to do stuff other than hay today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess not a lot of hay is going to get tossed today, my friends. I've got some fights I gotta get into.
0: <laughs> oh, here's also where we get the do you bite your thumb at us, sir, scene, which is, like, I think maybe my most favorite scene of Shakespeare so far. But in the play, they were like, do you bite your thumb at us, sir? And they were being really dramatic with rapiers and then there were, like, women praying. And I was like, this is a frat boy. And it should be in Glenn's voice reading anything where it's oh, like, do sake. you uh, bite your thumb at us, sir?
1: <laughs> 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 do you, uh... <laughs> Uh <clears throat> you bite your thumb at me, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I like the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio version because it was like weirdly slapstick comedy in that scene. Like everything's weird and there's a woman hitting a guy over the head with a purse and he's like, do you, yeah. son, you bite your thumb at me, sir? And he's like, turns to his friend, is it legal if I do that? Like, no, and it's like, I bite my thumb, <laughs> but not at you. <laughs> it was just so stupid.
3: They made it really look like he was trying to be a big guy. Like, oh yeah, I'd bite my thumb at you. And then he gets called out for biting his thumb thumb. and then tries to backpedal. It's really cute.
0: (laughs) What? No, my middle finger was just, like, sore, so I was stretching it, actually. Yeah, Yeah. it's like, oh, sorry. No, that wasn't at you. It was someone behind
1: you. It's arthritic.
0: (laughs) arthritic
3: (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm so
0: sorry. This is not for you. (laughs) I have phantom hand syndrome. It's it's, (laughs) it's just...
1: (laughs) You know, biting the thumb should be a thing that people do still. I do that, and the fig. I read a story where someone gives the fig like that, and they're like, "You giving me the fig? Yeah, I'm giving you the fig." I'm like, "Why does anyone do the fig anymore? The fig's so cool."
0: <laughs> Glenn just stuck <laughs> his fist up, back of the hand out, which I've never seen before. You need you to, do, to do it's the
2: like fig when like you, this? when you like seal someone's nose. You know, put your yeah, thumb in God between nose. Yeah.
1: You're supposed to do it like this? pointed at them? Is
0: it? I don't know. Well,
1: that looks suggestive. It's I don't like... like that at all. Let's move
0: on. Anyway, so while that's happening, Benvolio's like trying to keep the peace. Benvolio's on the Capulet side. He's Romeo's cousin. And then everyone's like, hey, wait a minute. Romeo wasn't here for this. Where's Romeo? Where's Romeo? He's out being a soft boy. He's just writing poetry about someone he could never be with. And then we have to listen to him just being lovesick for someone who isn't Juliet, as I predicted, because I know that he's a soft boy. And there's, lots of just like couplets and i'm like why are there couplets in the middle of this conversation and he's mad because she's taken a vow of chastity which is gross yeah <laughs> not the vow of chastity that he's mad about it yeah. he's just stamping his feet
3: she won't have sex with me but i love her she owes it to me If I love you, you have to give it up. That's basically his train of thought. And then shuts himself in his room Mm. in the dark and cries about it.
2: Yeah. What a 17 year old. It's a great play Mm -mm. for like, you know, grade niners, though, because like we're all in that like weird stage of like, you know, hormones that it's very much like this is all about infatuation. There's Mm. no real love here. Stop being dumbasses and thinking with your swords. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So that was fun. Well,
1: it doesn't help that the nurse is completely a horrible person. She uh-huh. literally raised Juliet and brags about it all the time. And then as soon as Juliet's like, I think I love this guy and I want to marry him. I just met him five hours ago. And this nurse is like, sweet. <laughs> it's like, as I as love long drama. as he makes
3: an honest woman out of you and marries you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As long as he marries you, <laughs> yeah. he can do whatever else he wants to to you. I love you like a daughter. Go on out there.
1: Go get him.
0: Oh, back in the plot then we meet Paris Paris is some random. I forget who he Isn't is. He He's a, just some random noble. Count yeah.
1: Paris. He's uh, what's his name in the movie? Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. It's Paul Rudd.
0: So Paul Rudd comes in, <laughs> and he tries to convince the thirteen-year-old's dad that he should be allowed to marry the thirteen-year-old because he wants to, and basically she's practically an old maid, so he might as well marry her off by now. Like, what is he
2: doing?
1: Can she even have babies uh, at thirteen? That's so old. It's, she's <laughs> oh gone past. Pa- I'm doing you a favor. I'm getting her off your hands.
2: <laughs> she's worth. Nothing to you
0: now. <laughs> so the Capulets are like, "We well, got to get this guy off our back." So they decide to have a party, I guess, and then they send an illiterate servant out with a written list of people. He's my
1: favorite. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he wants to invite it's
1: Peter. Poor Peter doesn't know how to read. (laughs) Why would
0: they do
2: that? Jared, I'm 19 and I don't know how to read. (laughs) I never fucking learned how to read. (laughs) And that's how
0: Romeo decides to crash the party because the servants is wandering around looking really lost with this list. And he's like, hey, can you read this list for me? And Romeo reads it and he's like, you know what? This would be a good party to find a rebound.
1: (laughs) He gets talked into it by, what's his name? Mercutio. Mercutio. Yeah, Mercutio's like, come on. There's so many pretty ladies out there. There's muff crawling all over the place. Oh, gross.
2: <laughs> Let's get in I there. hate when you say muff <laughs> so I think we all collectively decided no
1: you say puss which is more jarring. Puss is way better than muff. You don't think so? <laughs> Puss is better? Let's move so
2: on. So I'm just going to exit Glenn from the Zoom
0: call. <laughs> Incredible. Um, so then he goes to the party with Mercutio, who's awesome. Yes. I love Mercutio.
1: Possibly gay, people have speculated. I did a little research last night.
0: Really? People
1: have mentioned that some of the lines he uses and all the phallic jokes that he makes means that he may possibly be one of the few gay characters uh, with a couple like little hints being thrown out there, some sort of little flags, whatever. But that's the reason why in the movie, uh, the Mercutio, he was very effeminate and stuff or whatever you want to say. He puts on a drag show at the party. He puts on a drag show at the party Mm. and kind of just stays in drag for the rest of the movie.
0: Well,
2: I'm about that. That's awesome.
0: I'm
1: all about that. No, no, for sure.
0: That's amazing. I would be really
1: surprised if that was intentional. It would be great if it was.
0: I thought Ben Volio was gay. Interesting. What gave you that feeling? Because at the end when spoiler alert, Romeo dies. When what? Romeo dies <laughs> is said to like have died of a broken heart or something, he died of grief. And I think oh. it's over Romeo. And I'm like, was he into Romeo? Oh. I know they were cousins, but people married their cousins back people then. People marry their
2: cousins now. Yeah.
0: yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: Can we kick Amy off the call? Amy- <laughs> She's bringing us down.
0: <laughs> I'm just
3: trying to be inclusive. <laughs> they did. I mean, you get so many mentions of how absolutely beautiful Romeo is. So he's out oh. there breaking hearts, smoke show. Do Dude, you mind if I? Show.
1: <laughs> do you mind if I describe right. how I'll he
3: go looks? For go for it. Yeah, go for it. it. I did take that his note. His beautiful face. Uh,
1: the nurse talks about it and says, "No, not he. Though his face be better than any man's, yet his legs excel all men's." And uh, for a hand and a foot and a body, though they may not be talked on, uh, yet they are past compare. So he's got some sweet legs and hands. Gorgeous body, dude. Sweet body. Beautiful little face.
2: As a legs girl, I get it. Did you date exclusively <laughs> no. fencers in high school? <laughs> no, we didn't have fencers. You didn't have fencers? We had hockey players.
1: Oh. Yeah, their legs are crap.
2: Yeah. All right. You need leg strength. Thighs. <laughs> Thighs. All
1: about the thighs. This is taking a weird turn. What about the thighs do you find so attractive on a man? Do you like a shaven thigh? You like a good definition on the muscle. What are you looking for exactly?
2: You want thick thighs.
1: (laughs) I don't got the fancy words, college boy. I like thick thighs. That's all I can say.
0: Okay, so everyone's looking at Romeo's cake at the <laughs> party, and then that's when we finally meet Juliet, who is not nearly as fun as her nurse, but mostly because no one lets her have any lines for, like, the first really long time she's on stage. Everyone just keeps talking over her.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, you're right.
0: And that's when Romeo does find his rebound, and it's Juliet. So he does have smooth lines for the underage minor, <laughs> and they do kiss.
1: They do kiss, and they keep talking about it as sin. Oh, I tried so hard to be prepared for this. Um, it turns out that they use a form of communication recommended by many etiquette authors in Shakespeare Day metaphors. So you could walk up to a 13-year-old and say, Ah, I sure hate sinning. Sinning, which is as soft as a kiss on the lips, or something like that. You, I don't know. That's not a real metaphor. I fucked it up. But the point is, if you use metaphor, the the woman is supposed to be able to pretend like they don't get what you're saying, which is a way to make an easy exit and save face. Ah. Uh, so that's the reason why so much talk about sinning, like, oh, can I sin again? <laughs> it's
2: just, uh, it's amazing.
1: <laughs> uh, that was attractive. Don't make that face. <laughs> So look at that, I added to the to the to the podcast.
2: I'm glad this is not a visual medium.
1: <laughs> Fine. Anyways. Know.
2: We'll
0: just need a gif of you doing that forever. <laughs> <laughs> And then everyone gets mad because Juliet finds out that her only love has sprung from her only hate and bloody bloody blah blah And it's like, what do you know about hating people? You're 13 years old. You hate, like, the kids at school. You don't hate, like, your dad's rival from, like, 1542. Right. Do they
3: ever explain what the rivalry is about? I don't do not We they? don't, I we don't really that. get that. We just have to accept no. that they hate
2: each other. It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> I was, so I
1: get hung up on details. When I was reading it, they say it's a masked ball, but so I guess everyone Everyone's wearing masks, but then all of a sudden T-Balt, which is my favorite name, uh, T-Balt says, uh, oh, it's one of the other family over there. I, I can just tell. So I was asking... I'm like, Dad, do you know anything about this story? Like, how does he know? And then my, oh, and another thing is my youngest child, they gave me an entire rundown of the story and they got to the part where, so it's just like, yeah, this is going to be a lot of work for me. If I had like cliff notes and they're like, oh, I had to do this for school. I had to write a whole thing out. So I'm going to give you a full rundown. Gave me the full rundown, which was hilarious. And then I even stopped at one point and said, excuse me, I'm sorry. How does T-Balt know that, I know it's t I just like <laughs> to say it. Now, how does T-Balt know that uh, he's that Leonardo's over there? And then, uh, then there's like, I don't know. I'm like, is he wearing a mask? Like, I guess just his voice. And when we watch the movie, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio isn't wearing a mask. He's like, ah, there he is. And he goes, by the sound of his voice, I can tell. (laughs) And
0: I'm like, what's going on? Nothing's
1: consistent in this damn story.
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm so happy they kept that. I know. That's amazing. Yeah, Tybalt. Thank
1: you. Tybalt.
0: Is uh, super aggressive the whole time. And he's, he's got no dim yeah. button. He so just aggro. is at 100. He's All so, of the uh, men.
1: So based. We were... <laughs>
3: We were joking about, um, because they are a whole bunch of frat boys, so we're like, oh, yeah, bunch of yeah. chads, bunch of red-pilled chads, dude, based as
0: fuck, dude. They're the worst. Yeah, Murakushi is coming in like, no cap, bro, no cap.
1: Damn, I hate being old. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I think we covered that part uh except t bald is the prince of cats which is based on some story oh, called yeah. raymond or raymond the fox or whatever that was popular back then which not like i'm gonna know what that is but just that he's supposed to something like what nine lives but no it's supposed to be that he's supposed to be a sleek and violent murderer in this story so they're calling him the prince of cats and so the whole time i'm reading this i'm like at what point is anyone going to make the obvious joke they did later Before he got killed, they made the obvious jokes. I'm going to take one of your nine lives. Hell, I might take them all. And I was like, oh, thank God someone said it. (laughs) I've just been waiting this whole time. I love
0: that. So then we get the infamous scene where Romeo shows up at Juliet's window and he does like the soft boy thing from the 80s movie, (laughs) except it seems like she doesn't see him at first. So it just comes off as really like peeping Tom to Mm. me. It's
3: absolutely peeping Tom. He's just lucky that she's young enough that she thinks that what he's doing is romantic.
1: Because, yeah, someone likes me. I don't care how aggressive or inappropriate. That they are i like that she's out there talking to herself and he's listening and at one point he's like should i speak now yeah or i could
0: just keep listening <laughs> <So> <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> they're just there and it's boring but then juliet says you need to go because you're gonna get murdered by my grounds guards i guess mm. And then he doesn't leave. They do the, like, you hang up first thing for so long. (laughs) (laughs) He's like an even bigger dumbass than I thought he
2: was. Romeo, more like Bromeo. Oh, (laughs) Uh, okay. All right.
1: uh. I need a break after that one. I'm going to walk off camera and take my shirt off for a minute. I'm sweating. That was a great joke.
0: (laughs) So, like, uh, what do we think of these two love story? Uh, Let's just say it. I think the play would be better without them. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The point of the play.
3: Right.
2: Give me... the. The, the familial tension with just like mercutio just trying to stab bitches like that's fine <laughs> Like, I'm about it. Go yeah, just it.
3: antagonizing each other until it comes to a head. Yeah. yeah. that's basically what happens anyway. Yeah.
1: Warring families and it just builds up into some big thing and then how do they learn their lesson It would be a more, I don't know, reasonable story than watch these two underage people. The whole thing takes place in two days, tops. And yeah. Yeah. it's like, I don't know anything oh, about no you except that I like your face so let's get married and then, then they have sex and then it's like, it's, everything is just ridiculous and they literally don't know like, what's your favorite color? Did you ever have a friend that made you mad they don't know anything about each other <laughs> yeah so yeah as a parent as an as an old man i was getting very annoyed at those teens
0: i mean it's understandable because <laughs> they're doing dumbass things and i don't care
2: about them no yeah
1: you know, there's no reason to care about them you have nothing to identify with
2: that's the thing you them.
3: don't really learn a lot about their personalities
2: no like romeo likes women uh, <laughs> and Juliet is young yeah
1: Yep, and they're both real, real, real pretty people. Yeah. Great, handsome couple. (laughs) That's the most important thing about them. Well, I mean, that's pretty important. I mean, I'll agree to that. But beyond that, uh, yeah, you just know that he's emotionally very spazzy. He's very highs and lows. Mm. Like, I'm all in on this person. If I can't have her, I'm ready to kill myself. But there's another woman over here, and then if I can't have her, I'll kill myself. (laughs) Like, he's just... He wasn't going to live long anyways.
0: <laughs> if Benvolio and Mercutio had been around to find him another rebound from Juliet after she, quote, died, he probably would have been fine been and everyone would have been fine. That's all he needs. Yeah. All
1: it would take is just take him to like, the grocery store. And he's like, I can't live. She's dead. Hey, who's that? Down at the, the checkout counter? <laughs> I will marry you come spring.
2: Come spring. Just like, are you free in two hours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, for the like, like, time, like come right to now. confession
3: in two hours, and we will be wed. <laughs> we will be wed.
0: Speaking of which, Romeo immediately goes to the friar. Yeah. who's Why one of my
3: favorite fryer- characters supporting all of this the chaos
2: he seems to not at first but i feel like friar lawrence is like the real conniving character here now hear me out i think like he saw there was tension between the families and he was like i can fix this (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm tired of living in this city it's like this will be fun to watch
1: that's a good point (laughs) that's the only thing i got from him was that You have the the nurse who is not helpful at all. She just likes to watch people get messy and whatever. She loves drama. Then you got him in his first lines of like, oh, what a great fortune for me that I can help patch up these two families. I'm like, what a cock.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Which doesn't make any sense because even when he's marrying them, he says these violent delights have violent ends. So he must have known it was going to be a shit show and he just
1: wanted to be there for it. Maybe that's it too. I
0: I agree with you, Gertie. I think he's a reluctant participant in this because as soon as Romeo walks in, he's like, Ugh. Which of your girls is this now? Like, <laughs> you still have a tear on your cheek
3: from the right? last check. Uh, is it Rosalind still? And she, he's like, no, no, old news, old news. <laughs> Which of your girls?
1: Who's pregnant now? Fine, I'll send her off to whatever that island was that you can just clearly come back from anytime you want.
3: Yeah. <laughs> what kind of exile is that? Yeah, it's not much of an
1: exile. <laughs>
0: And uh yeah, they, they do get married. There's a lot of back and forth. Mercutio uses the word butt shaft to uh, Juliet's nurse, and then she talks to Romeo and then she's like, Yeah, he seems great. You know? like, <laughs> he
3: seems fine. Go for it. She likes those
1: Chads. She thinks that, like, oh, I wish I was young again. I used yeah. to date guys like you. <laughs>
3: oh, they're so charming. <laughs> so charming.
1: He's like guzzling down a ton of mead, like, oh God, he's such yeah. a sweetie.
3: <laughs> he's gonna need some mothering tomorrow. I love a man. Who needs a mother?
0: <laughs> so gross. She's like, yeah, his friend harassed me, but mm, you know, I'm just gonna like lead up to that I do approve of this marriage, but do it really slowly, like the sloth DMV worker in Zootopia. Yeah,
3: <laughs> that's a, she really enjoys stretching it out with Juliet, which makes them seem the same age for a short period of time. There's <laughs> there is not one single adult in this play. <laughs>
1: There isn't. Maybe the prince. Prince.
3: Maybe
2: the Clesiastes. prince. But then again, I think, I think the prince. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's just fed up. He's just like, I've
3: had
0: enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do other things with my time. He's just like barely trying to hold it all together. Like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. I know exactly. He was
1: <laughs> nice enough not to like have another person get killed. So he's like, I'll just banish You.
0: Oh, speaking of which, yeah, Romeo gets banished because there's this big fight. So after Juliet and Romeo get married off screen, off stage, Tybalt comes. Up.
1: it's t-bolt
0: <laughs> and he starts a fight and mercutio dies and mercutio was like the comic release so we're like okay this is the part where it stops being a comedy my partner ethan said romeo and juliet is a comedy until it's not and this is the moment when it stops being a comedy and it does end in a marriage like all shakespeare comedies should so <laughs> yeah now we're entering into the tragedy portion mm-hmm. and our comic relief is gone and then romeo stabs Tybalt, and <laughs> The prince is mad about it because Mercutio was his cousin. And he's like, ugh, guys, like, ugh, are you kidding me? I just said, what did I just say like two scenes ago? Yeah, it wasn't even that long ago. Less
1: than 24 hours ago, what did I just say?
0: <laughs> I just
1: said if there's another battle on my city.
0: The prince is the dad. He's the dad of the Montagues and the Capulet family. Basically,
3: yeah. yeah. Just exhausted. Trying to herd these cats.
2: You know that one photo of Ben Affleck when he's smoking?
3: Yeah, that's the prince.
2: <laughs> his head's back. Yeah just done
3: with everything
2: i found my meme for this episode
3: good
1: stuff
0: and then juliet's pissed because romeo murdered her cousin and she's pissed about that at first but then she's like wait a minute i think my cousin would have murdered him so it's better that like my husband is fine you know what screw my cousin like who cares She's like, i love him (laughs) i
1: love him i know i do like her her line of reasoning was more or less like well he was a hothead he's probably gonna die at some point anyway it was his own fault he made it happen so thank god Leonardo DiCaprio lives
2: (laughs) for a little while
0: longer
1: (laughs) exactly stop giving away the story
0: Romeo's moping around because he got exiled and Juliet lives in the other city he's acting like no one has ever moved cities for their partner before
1: right oh, which we oh.
0: all know is not true <laughs> <laughs> no. by the way remember when Juliet's dad told Paris that she was too young to marry him mm-hmm. now he decides they can get married on Thursday so
1: what was the line of reasoning for that I do know it's because they were all convinced she was upset about uh, T-Balt and so they're all like oh she's so upset she's crying and then she was even playing it up too like oh yeah I'm just so upset and then was his line of reasoning like to cheer her up or just to get her to shut up we'll get her married yeah. sooner was so that she the doesn't reason? become
3: so depressed that she dies how about we make her a bride.
1: That's a good point cuz in this story in this universe, the Shakespearean universe, uh people just die because they're sad all the time. Like Lady Montague died oh when her son got banished. Just died cuz <laughs> she was sad. Like people die all the time when they're sad in this story. So maybe it's a real concern like oh crap, she's depressed. <laughs> uh marriage will make her happy. So let's make that happen tomorrow. <laughs>
2: it's also like how well can you marry off a girl who's just crying all the time like is it like we need to like hit it now so that it doesn't get worse and then she's just not (laughs) marriable It's like
1: an infection or something yeah exactly
2: like right now she's sad but she's not depressed (laughs) yeah so stop making crying faces
0: you're gonna give yourself wrinkles
1: (laughs) (laughs) no one's gonna marry you when you're full of wrinkles like we only got 24 hours before depression officially kicks in so we gotta make this plus the wrinkles are gonna be irreversible if we let this Keep going.
2: <laughs> there, there wasn't any Olay cream at the time. No, like,
1: <laughs> no
3: retinols. Exactly. No sunscreen. <laughs>
0: oh my god so uh, I guess we cut to like a post coital Romeo and Juliet in her bedroom mm. and they're doing the you hang up first thing again and her mom's gonna come into the room and she's like oh you gotta go but oh I wish she could stay and he's like oh I gotta go but I wish I could stay <laughs> um, and that's really a cold going... outside yeah <laughs> and then Juliet finds out about the marriage and she's like oh you're gonna marry me off so I'm not depressed if you marry me off I will be depressed and her dad's like don't care
1: yeah mm-hmm.
3: I
0: need the money you
1: get married or you're out <laughs> on the streets well It's the logic coming from a family that kind of just keeps her trapped in the house all the time, except for the one party they let her go to. And then like, if she can go to church for any reason, like whatever her confession would be, as far as the parents are concerned, she's just in her room too much. Like, ah, she probably masturbates a lot. So you got to make sure you go to confession on a daily basis. (laughs) I don't know what they're concerned, but they do let her go to church whenever she wants to go. But that's it. Otherwise she's trapped. So of course they're gonna be like, I don't care if you don't want to get married. I keep you here against your will anyways. I do what I want. I'm your dad. (laughs)
0: What a lovely relationship, this family. Has. <laughs> so she does. She goes to church and that turns out to be a bad idea on their part because the friar comes up with this whole scheme <laughs> where she'll pretend to kill herself. All her family will be really sad and he does not give any shits about that. <laughs> and then she can run away with Romeo.
1: Yeah. And he doesn't gain his thing, which is like, man, my name's going to be all over this uh, peacemaking deal I've got set up. Now he's it's just like... just messy. Yeah. He's just kind of a crap person. Not a really <laughs> he's good just religious living for guy. that drama. Yeah. No.
3: None if it makes any sense.
1: If you're the priest that does wrong, who do you confess to? Huh? That's a double. Huh? I see how huh? I did there. It kind of creates like an endless circle and then you can't answer the question.
0: <laughs> what, God? It's like, what therapist does your therapist go to? They don't have
1: one because they're the therapist. I made a perfect <laughs> argument that's flawless.
0: <laughs> I think it's just like he doesn't want to get caught having married out this 13 year old because she's either going to have to marry two people and then she's scared that she'll go to hell for marrying two people at the same time because that's a sin and otherwise he'll have To be like, okay, yeah, these two are married, and then everyone will be really mad at Friar Lawrence. He doesn't want that, so he's like, I'm gonna just act like this 13 year old has died,
2: and that'll be much better. <laughs> I feel like Friar Lawrence would be like a really great producer on The Bachelor. Like, yeah, he oh, here we go. He would just have it. It's just like the plot lines, the like evil people, just like sending people out on other people's dates. Just I think he'd be great.
3: True villain. I found energy. his second
2: career, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
3: Yeah, knows how to manipulate it so he never looks like the bad guy. Exactly.
0: (laughs) He's like, I had no choice. I had to leave her in the tomb alone with a bunch of dead bodies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love her reasoning too. I was complaining about, like, it's been a while since I read Shakespeare. I'm like, I kind of forgot how one simple sentence, which is, okay, I'm about to drink this poison. I hope everything turns out well. Becomes pages upon pages upon pages of, like, what if it's cold in there? The air in the tomb isn't going to be very good. I'm going to be surrounded by corpses. Am I going to have to take someone's bones and smash myself in the head and all these i'm just like shut up just take the
0: damn thing
1: <laughs> it was like two pages worth of this i'm like just drink it you're me crazy just
0: drink it <laughs> the ultimate will they won't they of this story is juliet and the sleeping draft. <laughs> yeah so basically friar lawrence's plan is she'll pretend to kill herself he'll send a letter to romeo romeo will get the letter they'll both show up at her tomb and be like surprise we're here and then they'll run away together but he doesn't get the letter because that would be too easy and also the people who are being the messengers have like a quarantine
1: the plague they got stuck in a house they're like i got this letter but i'm gonna go check on some of these people over here and, ah crap the health inspectors came and said that uh they're gonna lock us in this house for a while and that was the excuse like that that's kind of far-fetched but all right whatever I didn't write it <laughs>
0: <laughs> I shouldn't complain. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff that happens. Paris tries to stop Romeo from going into the tomb for some reason, but I don't really know why. And then Romeo's like, just walk away, man. And he doesn't walk away. So he stabs him. And then everyone is dead. Mm-hmm. So Juliet is acting like she's dead. Paris is dead. Romeo goes in and he's like, ah, oh, she's dead. I'm going to be dead. So he drinks some more poison than he got from a poor person who didn't want to sell it to him. And Juliet wakes up just as the friar gets there. And he's like, oh, that's awkward. I'm going to go.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No one can see me here.
0: (laughs) You deal with it. And then Juliet stabs herself because there's no more poison.
1: She tries to get it off his mouth, Um, off his dead mouth, tongue kisses him, couldn't get any of the good stuff out. So she stabs herself.
0: Oh, speaking of that, like, I I don't know why she's just lying out in the open. Like, they knew she was dead. They just put her, like, on a block of granite, unembalmed. Well,
2: first, I don't think they embalmed then, but I feel like it was like this type of they were going to have the funeral for her in the coming days so they put her in a place um, where it was right. cold um, mm. and they put people directly in tombs. so she was lying out for like her goodbyes essentially Yeah, I think.
1: which is weird that you can do a visitation at like 3 in the morning or whenever this is taking place where random people like uh, Count Paris just like I want to go see the woman that I was supposed to make sex with who's underage
2: <laughs> ah there she is <laughs> ah there she is dead yeah dead
0: <laughs>
1: dead like I like him and he goes over there I'm going give a kiss
0: that's why he didn't want Romeo there we figured out the mystery yeah You're right, though.
1: That plan would never work in today's world because of embalming. And don't they usually cut you open and stuff you with socks? And stuff before the Socks? No. Did yeah. you so. socks? Socks are cheap and easy to get a hold of.
3: I don't think they're as cheap as just unprocessed cotton.
1: All right, let's move on.
0: Oh, so everyone gets there and they're all like, oh, why, what happened here? And then the friar comes back and explains the whole act that we just watched. I love that shit. He explains it again, <laughs> but makes him come off as a little bit better than he actually was. Yeah. <laughs> the
3: survivors get to write the history, they get to say what happened. It's true that. It's Room.
0: And then, honestly, that's probably what the audience will remember too because they were playing cards the whole time. Yeah.
1: You never explained your history with Shakespeare. This is just you took one class. I you took know a lot about class. the plays. Like how the plays work, why the plays are the way they I are. I took
3: a class about shakespeare in college mm-hmm. i'm a
1: i'm a nurse well you know a ton about it Did, i mention anything that rhymes with shakespeare, shakespeare? and you'll see you throw out a fact this I class like packed to in read. a lot of answers. you also like to read nah.
0: you have a book podcast <laughs> and you hate to read <laughs> <laughs> i mean <laughs> me
1: i was going to say one of my favorite things about any shakespeare play is uh, a tragedy anyways like when i read hamlet and had to write a thing on it is that when anyone dies i know it's because of the audience you know whatever you got to announce what's going on so no one misses anything I get that but when you're watching a modern movie or reading it or anything it's hilarious when someone gets stabbed and like "Nah, I'm worm food now and then falls over <laughs> or like, oh I've been killed I'm murdered and falls over it happened like three times in this story I forget specifics but um in Hamlet it happened a lot too like I am assassinated mother and then falls over
0: <laughs> there's actually a lot of that in Shakespeare because there was very minimal stage direction so he would just like write into the dialogue what's supposed to be happening on the stage and just hope the director and the actors figure it out. And they're like oh. standing there and they're like, whoa, low, there goes a ghost walking from stage left to stage right <laughs> at the front of the
3: stage. <laughs> <Just> so literal. <laughs> it's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, so the Montagues and the Capulets are like, oh, everyone's dead. I guess we should make up now because that makes sense. And that then it's the end of the play.
1: Well, as a jump in, my youngest, they told me the deaths are almost one for one- Kyushu, who was, uh, well, they kept calling him royal, like the ruling house. Uh, T-Balt, which is Capulet. Paris, which is a, a royal. Romeo, Montague, Juliet, uh, and then Lady Montague, I guess, falls into that because she just died of a broken heart that her kid was in a drivable distance because he came back to town without any problems. She's so like, what? He's been banished? My heart! And falls over. Like, I'm just never gonna say, How is I gonna see his grandkids? I don't know what she was thinking, but <laughs> all of them are dead and it's all Romeo's fault. He's directly related to every single one of them. No one just died by accident accident for any other reason, he plays a part in everyone's death because he's a shit kid. It's too shit uh, Yeah, people. that's what
0: I was thinking. I was like, why is the Capulet guy not blaming this 17-year-old who seduced his 13-year-old daughter and, like, caused all of these problems and stabbed his nephew?
1: Yes. I'd be like, I'd walk in and be like, uh, wait, all these people are dead and it's his fault? Well, we're going back to war again. <laughs> Fuck you because you can't raise a kid. Yeah. <laughs> it's your shit parenting. Your shit parenting started the war again. It's
0: gonna remove you you guys from the gene pool. Like that was a bad. We'll just start over.
1: <laughs> this weird little child you created, this abomination before God. Well that would explain the reason why diarist Samuel Pepes uh, wrote in sixteen sixty two, it's a play of itself, uh, the worst I have ever heard in my life. There, that's a fun fact I found for you guys.
2: Say Samuel oh, Pepes. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Is it
3: fun? That was a good review. Succinct. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: he was not, though. No. He was not. Oh no. <laughs> Hero like Essays upon essays that were just way too long to care. Like he wrote diaries and I had to read them. Yes. Zero oh, so this ten. isn't an obscure little things.
1: man. This is an actual person you're aware of, the Pepe's. Yes. You know the Pepe's. Yes. Speak to me of the Pepe's.
2: <laughs> um, so he was like a diarist essayist person who did a lot of reviews and he wrote a lot of things and he was just very <coughs> verbose. Oh really? I just I just I remember reading about him and now I I had to repress that memory and then you brought his name I back it and back I'm out. I'm having war flashbacks. So thank you. <laughs> I know. The two times we've
1: ever had to meet up with each other, it's not turned out well for you. I'm not a good. <laughs> Stop good. Something
2: at all. Stop it good. <laughs> well, that
0: was good. That was good. And we brought right. back. <laughs> Amy's annotated bibliographies, so all around a good time. At least I
1: found the less verbose one. I found the nice short one. Like, this place sucks, so you should be at least appreciative of that. I didn't read, like, a five-paragraph-long thing
0: about it. Yeah. Every other one of his reviews was, like, a novel, and then this one's just, like, a little New York
2: Times blurb. Yeah. He would argue with people within his essays. Like, they were, like, rants. They were just rants.
1: Would he do their part of the argument, too? And I'll bet they'll say this, and then that's what I would say. It's like reading Jack London's The Iron Heel. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like he'll go on this big long speech where he was very pro socialism and stuff. So he was talking all about it and everything. And then he'd be like, and then all the conservatives they would huff and puff. And then that's when he said. And then he'd go on a big long five page long thing. <laughs> I'm like this is not a good writer.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of like you know cumbersome words just trying to like bring out you know all the nitty gritty details because God forbid he forgets anything.
1: Can you give me one example of a cumbersome word? Like is it fricative? What would it be? <laughs>
2: No, but, like, he had a lot of, like, noun strings. So, like... Go on. You know, when you put a lot of, like, nouns together, so, like, saying, like, draft laboratory animal rights protection regulations, <laughs> you would say draft regulations to protect the rights of laboratory animals. So, like, when you have put too many things together...
1: Got it all right.
2: Oh, I see. Yeah. I might just Thanks. start talking that way. Yeah. That
1: sounds like a lot more fun, and people will probably find me a hell of a lot more interesting. Oh, yeah. You'll sound so smart. I will, will Yeah. Me?
2: Yeah, you're going to sound so smart. <laughs> Chantel used to edit my essays, so she knows. <laughs>
0: Always
1: pulling out those noun strings. Yeah, crap. Another noun string. (laughs) It's like a third one.
0: (laughs) Speaking of war flashbacks. so we usually do a rating scale. Ah. So on a scale of the opening scene vibe to the closing scene vibe, how did we all feel about this play?
1: Wait, the opening scene vibe still being good?
0: Like frat boy party to everyone is dead.
1: What if I really hate <laughs> frat boys and their parties? My only option is that's, to say that everyone's dead so is better? That's your interpretation. Yeah, so I, I...
0: Your interpretation of the I don't scale. want
1: to embrace that everyone's dead is the only good option of the spectrum, but I guess...
0: Spectrums are a... Myth, anyway, so you can go outside (laughs) of the spectrum.
3: (laughs) I feel like this story is so embedded in our culture that I can't actually pinpoint the first time I heard it.
1: Oh, that's a good point. Mm.
3: So it's really difficult to separate how familiar you are with it from how you actually feel about it. That's true. Personally, the 1996 movie rendition is just such an absolute treat. I told Glenn that I wanted to watch it and that was the only one I wanted to watch. I wouldn't do anything else. That's Mm. it.
1: I gotta say, though, I'm surprised after reading it and then watching the movie, they do omit a Lot of stuff and everything, but it stays pretty true and it's far more entertaining. It's like they creative take and liberties. How they, it's not a good movie. Like they but turned it's... one
3: of Juliet's, I guess it was one of her soliloquies, into a song. Yeah, they just turned that, it a, song that a different that character was singing Ooh, on stage creative. while other things were happening. So they didn't butcher it too, no, too they much. Didn't, if you yeah. wanted something more true to the actual play, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, it's maybe not your good. go-to. I, I was surprised that I didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to. Yeah, but I was like, oh, that's kind of creative how they did that, but but
3: that was an enjoyable way to consume this particular story. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would enjoy it as much if it were in another format. Is that an answer? Will you take that as an answer?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Take
3: anything. This podcast is
1: now a critique of the movie Romeo Plus Juliet. It's Leonardo DiCaprio (laughs) and uh, Claire Danes and Paul Rudd. (laughs) Um, I
3: resent that Jamie Kennedy was the only one to have pink hair. I think more of the characters needed pink hair.
1: Yeah. Yes. Oh, the one thing I thought was funny is that they did make a point of showing how completely insane these children are. Because Claire Danes, she goes back to the father or whatever, the friar or whatever his name is, goes back to him and says, like, uh, he's been banished and I can't live. Then she pulls out a gun and puts it to her head. Of course, the gun says dagger on it. It puts it to her head and she's like, I can't live anymore if I can't have him," or whatever the speech is. And then he's just like, whoa, 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 calm down. Then she points the gun image goes, I will die. Like her face, <laughs> yeah. it was so desperate and teenage and over-the-top and ridiculous. And we just all started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. Uh, I think I want to rate it by one scene that wasn't in the movie because after after Claire Danes dies, in the play I was reading, there's a whole scene where there's musicians that were hired to be at the wedding. And so that's like it's a comedy scene that I and I even looked this up because I'm like, why was this scene in here? It makes no sense. It's made it's meant to break up the tension to kind of reset everyone and get back into serious shit again. So it's this scene where all these musicians are like, well, we're supposed to play wedding music, but she's dead. What do we do now? Then Peter, my favorite character, the one that's like, I don't know who to invite. I can't read this invite list. Everyone's like, I'm invited. This is good enough. So he's the one that's like play something like play something fun. And they're like, no, we're not gonna play anything fun. She's dead. And like, come on, play something fun, or I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna give you a bad review. I'm gonna say that you're a bunch of charlatans. And they're like, okay, whoa, whoa, all right, all right. We'll play something fun. so they play they have like a little poem that's in the play or whatever. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I'm actually glad this is in here, and I don't understand why it's happening. <laughs> That's my rating.
0: <laughs> glad it's here. Don't know why it's happening. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Amy,
2: what's your rating? You know the scene, the first balcony scene when he's like talking to himself, and then Juliet's like, "Oh my god, hey Romeo!" <laughs> um, and then they're all like, "I love you." No, I love you more. No, I want you to hang up first, like that, because I like I don't need it in my life. I would have been fine not reading Romeo and Juliet. I have. <laughs> Had to read it. <laughs> Thrice now, and that's too many times.
1: Thrice? Have you read it?
2: I don't need this anymore. Thrice now I have read this
0: play. <laughs> My rating is the scene where Friar Lawrence is coming up with the plan to send Romeo a letter that Juliet is fake dead so that they can wake her up so they can run away together. Because it's fun. Like, it's fun. But if you think about it for two seconds, it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. In the play, I think it's like the letter gets sent back to him saying, sorry, we were trapped in a house with a bunch of uh, disease people. Um, so here's your letter back, which has still got disease all over it. But like if they you said, can
3: send the letter back, you can send it along to Romeo. That's
1: the thing that didn't make any sense, because yeah, they yeah. said, like, well, we were scared to give this letter to anyone because of the disease is, like, the line that's in there. But then he gives it back to him. Here you go. And then he's like, oh, well, take
0: our like she's going
1: to be awake in however many hours. I'll write a new one, as if it's going to get to the island you can drive to fast enough for him to find out and then drive back. It was just dumb.
0: They needed a way to, like, mark the e email is urgent. yeah like cuz <laughs> everyone just thought it was like Hey, Romeo, how's it
1: going? It's in all caps. She's not actually dead. He unrolls the scroll and it's in all (laughs) caps. Dog, seriously. (laughs) Dude, you've got to get out here. (laughs) Balls to nuts. It's all my big plan. (laughs) You're going to find out all about it. (laughs) No one says balls to nuts anymore. I just showed my age.
3: Has anyone ever said that?
1: (laughs) I heard my grandpa say it a few times. I always thought it was funny. That's cute. That's the reason why my grandma used to always call people my pet. And I tried to use that and everyone tells me I sound like a pervert. (laughs) I think it sounds endearing. It's cute. Well, it's been a great show. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So, Glenn and Gertie, you guys aren't usually on this podcast. Do you want to plug your podcasts? Sure.
1: Yeah, you do it.
2: We have a podcast called Gestating the Curious (laughs)
3: Minds, which is. Us attempting to be writers. We're writing our own story that we randomly chose, you know, the parts of a story. And uh, we're trying to piece it all together. We're about a week behind c- because my mom was visiting from New Jersey. But you can find us through the Nuzzle House umbrella. I don't think we have our own social media. No, it's no. just If you find nuzzle. us and you want to listen to it, go ahead.
1: Yeah, search for house. Yeah. Uh, Nuzzle House.
0: Yeah. If you follow us, then you probably know Nuzzle House because we're constantly cyberbullying yes. them. <laughs> I know.
1: Actually, Gertie was the one because I played the section where you guys were talking about like, oh, all the all Glenn eats is uh,
3: casseroles, hot. casseroles. <laughs> yes. yeah. And then Gertie's like, it's a
1: hot dish because <laughs> <laughs> they just moved here. And now they're mastering the Minnesota stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Amazing. Good stuff. <laughs> and if you want to find us, we're at unsighted Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you guys so much for coming on. This has been a blast and a it's
2: half. It's been great. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us
1: on. And we'll just bully each other All later. Right.
2: And as always, we're excited. Unavailable. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye.
1: I have a very weak chin, so I can look like a human light bulb. Oh, no. (laughs) If you took a drop of water from my lip, it just goes straight down to my chest without any obstruction.